come and break through with your kingdom power into our stale and dry areas, Lord. Revive us again, Lord. We are thirsty and we are hungry, Lord. And some of us don't even know it. Make us willing to be willing, Lord, we pray. Oh, Lord, we trust you. And we lean on to you. And we ask that you will lead us with your shining light. Come and bring healing today, Lord. Come and bring deliverance, Lord. Won't you open up hardened hearts and sealed ears and blind eyes, Lord? Won't you come and, and bring your good news into the hearts of man? Let us go out and rejoice in your name today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm so happy to see you, and I can wish you Happy New Year for those I haven't seen. Where's everyone going? Okay, thank you. So today we find ourselves five days into 2020. We've got 361 days left. So those of you who are having a birthday on the 29th of February, we can prepare for a big party. Time is flying by. And today I want to invite you to take part in the 2020 walk. So those of you who want to run past us, sorry, this is only for people who are ready to walk. No running here. You can run, you can wait and then catch up and run. Or sleep ahead like the rabbit and the hare. So I hope you've got your 2020 vision because the roaring 20s are back with us. And we're going to need God's help and grace to walk safely through the year. And I'd like us to turn to what is known as the Switzerland of the New Testament. I don't know what the Hollywood is, but the Switzerland of the New Testament is a rich and beautiful text. It's a letter written to PBC ages ago by the Apostle Paul, and it's actually known as the letter to the Ephesians 2. So what I'd like to do is give you a very broad overview of the letter, and because I'm Baptist, I'm going to try and pull out the three points on the overview. Um, and before we dive more into the specific well of God's word for us today. So chapters one to three tell us who we are and what we have in Christ. It's our wealth and riches in Christ. And I want to give you a little taste. It's the translation by Bernadette. It's, um, it's not the message. Um, it's there, it is true, don't worry. So I've just sort of gathered some thoughts and some of the words from the text, so it's nothing new. PBC, okay, that's not in it, but here's PBC. God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Through him, we have been adopted by our Father for himself, for his good will and pleasure. You know, he's delighted to give us eternal light and bring life and bring us into his heavenly family. It's his delight. He loves it. 
And we've been redeemed and given freedom through the blood of Jesus. These words are just said now, but they're powerful. They're like bombs. I'm hoping that, like Guy Fox happening here. We've been forgiven all our sins because he has an ocean of grace that he showers on us. And after hearing and believing in the message and the gift of salvation, we were signed, sealed, delivered, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And right here, we have 10,000 more reasons to praise the Lord. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. Amen? Never thought I'd say amen, but anyway. (laughs) So now, chapters 4 to 5 tell us how we need to walk. This is a metaphor for the way we live and how we need to conduct ourselves as Christians in the body, in our relationships, because of who we are and what we have in Christ. We need to walk like Jesus. And we're going to spend some time in chapter 5 today. And finally, the latter part of chapter 6 tells us Because of who you are and what you have in Christ and how well you walk as a Christian, you need to know how to stand firm against the devil. And this chapter addresses the topic of warfare. So I just wanted you to go back to the three. Did you find the three? There we go. Okay, we've got it. So let's have a look at that cute picture. I couldn't help myself. But I do encourage you to read the whole of Ephesians. Just sit and saturate in it. Now, that's the little one, that little girl, that uh, looks like one of those that come to Fusion on a Tuesday. And I want to ask the question, how did we ever survive our childhood? For example, when I see toddlers walking unsteadily, it looks pretty dangerous, especially when there's a sloped ground. And um, I just want to say a little Stephen at the back, I'm talking about him. So... If you visit us on a Tuesday, there's a little ramp where the pastors park their bicycles. You know that? Yeah, they park their bicycles there. And Stephen and the gang stand at the top of of the ramp, and they just sort of let go, and they just run, and they love the pull of gravity. And we're sitting like, wait for it, wait for it. When babies come around the edges of corners and when they run downstairs, we just, we just know that these little humans are going to knock their heads or slip and fall. And I don't know how we survived. They do it a lot. It's true. The minute we start walking, we are told, be careful, not too fast. Wait for me. Don't walk there. Do you agree? So Paul is writing to us to say how we should walk as Christians. And as mentioned, our walk is the way we live and how we behave as children of God. This is the big walk 2020. In chapter 4, verse 1, Paul urges us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called. We've been called to follow Christ and we to do so with humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. We are to work in unity for the bond of peace, unity in the Spirit. We're his representatives on earth, and we have this awesome privilege of being called Christ's very own. So we need to walk worthy. In five, chapter 5, verse 2, we are told to be imitators of God. This is anchor in our lives. We need to have this as an anchor as his beloved children. 
and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice for God. This kind of walking in 2020 means that we love others sacrificially. The example is Christ. Walk like he did. Reproduce his life. Become Christ-like. His love walk on earth is our example. So we keep our eyes fixed on the author and the perfecter of our faith. Yes? That's our 2020 vision. We keep our eyes towards heaven. Whoever claims to live in Christ must live as Jesus did. 1 John 2 verse 6. So during the week, I was sharing some of these scriptures with the people I work with at U-Turn, and they were so excited about even one or two of them. They were doing their devotions on them, and one of them came to me privately, pulled me aside, and he said, Bernadette, it's the first Sunday of the year. Are you going to only say nice things to the people so that they're happy, or what? So what do you think I should say? If I scowl all the time, the people won't come back. He said, no, I don't think we must always speak nice things. We must speak the truth. So the next passage that we are going to look at has a lot of truth. This is my disclaimer. <laughs> Ephesians 5, verses 8 to 14. I'm using the English Standard Version. Walk as children of light. For at one time you were darkness, that means separated from God and dead in sin. Now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and true and right. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when everything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, so this is something that was sung long time ago, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. May God bless his word to us today. So Paul makes this radical and quite shocking statement in verse 8. He said, you are light in the Lord. It's easy to understand the imagery to describe our faith conversion when we came into a relationship with God. We were moved from the kingdom of darkness, which represents sin, evil, and death, and we are planted into the kingdom of glorious light where we find God's righteousness, dominion, victory, his power, and eternal life. Everything is good and pure in his kingdom. And Colossians confirms that for us. We were brought into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, we recently celebrated the birth of Jesus, the light of the world at Christmas, Jesus is the exclusive source of spiritual life, truth, and life. Jesus said in John 8, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. 
So it makes sense that we have the light. Yeah, got it. Like a thing I can hold on to, right? <clears throat> and that we are children of light. That's in um, John chapter 12. We are characterized by light. But Paul doesn't say, try to be light or be light-like. He says, you are light in the Lord. So the statement is about what happens when we are in Christ. We are children of God through faith. We don't determine our identity. Christ determines our identity, and he makes us light in himself. Somebody described it as the moon with no light, and then the sun shines on it, reflecting the sun. Paul is saying, and he's using something called a sphere of influence theology. He says, when you lived in darkness, you were dark. Now that you live in light, now you are light. This is your new identity. So we don't wake up in the morning and look in the mirror with our hair disheveled and say, oh, I'm not really a shining light today. I've become just a flicker. No. If you're a child of God, you are light. It's not our light. It's the light of the one who owns all the lights in the world, and there's no load shedding in God. Yeah. Amen. I did it again. We can't adjust the flame to save electricity. We are light in the Lord. So what does it mean to walk as a child of light? It's not wishful thinking. It's a call to be who God says we are. And let's have a look at this light. So our light is active. It's not for my benefit only. I mean, can you see me glowing at night? The light produces good fruit in us. We are changed. We can't stay the same. It's impossible to stay the same when we come into a saving relationship with Jesus. God's pure, powerful presence in us changes us. It, he renews our mind and we start to live differently. And one of my clients, unfortunately, about a year ago, he had to go to jail for one night. He was not guilty of a crime but he was told he had to go to jail to meet the magistrate in the morning. And so he went to jail again, unfortunately, it's not fair. But when he was there, God showed him something. The, guy, the guys that were in his cell, they actually knew him from years of sitting in prison. And they looked at him and they said, you're something different about you. You speak even different, even what you're saying is different. You know, you are different. And he was so proud, not to be in jail, because he was um, let, he was released, but he was so proud that he was changed, that others could see a change in him. There will be evidence. Others will see it in our moral, ethical character. In verse 9, Paul gives us a quick summary of what it looks like. The fruit of light is doing what is good. It's for the benevolence of others. And it is for doing what is fair and just. That is right. And it's for doing what is true. It means living with integrity according to God's word and the prompting of the spirit. Scholars say that this trilogy is an echo of Micah 6, 8. 
God wants us to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with him. This scripture has been following me, or I've been following it for a year now. We are called to action, faith in action. It's not, okay, I attend church, I read my Bible, I've been baptized. <clears throat> not that any of that is bad or wrong, but it's about our walk, living life with discernment. It's knowing what pleases the Lord. It's bearing fruit for his glory, for his fame. We are called to action as we walk. So this year, 2020, get involved with what is good, what is right, what is true. Secondly, we have light that exposes. Walking as a child of light means that I refuse to keep a hidden life or attempt to keep a secret life, a sinful life. We just absolutely refuse. Will Rogers, who is a classic movie actor from a long time ago, he, lived in, he said, live in such a way that you will be not be ashamed to sell your parrot to the town gossip. <laughs> what would my parrot say? Well, if I gave my girls over to the town gossip, I think we, I'd be in big trouble. Seriously, we need to stop that. We need to live lives that is transparent and good and true and right. In verse 11, Paul says, Take no part in the unfruitful, which are the dead, barren works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. So in earlier verses, Paul turns the headlights on sexual sin, greed, vulgarity, foolish talk, and coarse joking. Everywhere we look, there is temptation. There is evil at work. Things so bad that we can't even discuss it amongst ourselves. We mustn't ask... What can I do in the gutter of darkness and still keep my ticket to heaven? I've heard people say, how far can I go? We're told not to participate, not to partner with the works of darkness. It's dead. The truth is, though, that there's a battle over sin and that no one can claim not to have sinned. So this is a very confusing thing. Don't participate, but yet we sin. So when we come to faith in Christ, we're born again, everything's renewed, God's given us a brand new heart, a heart that doesn't seek itself, but now seeks to honor and devote to God. Sin is the power of sin. Our slavery to sin is broken. Romans 6 will tell us all about that. However, while we still live in the flesh, the flesh wants what it wants and has that tendency to make us want to do what God doesn't want us to do. So what can we do? The book of 1 John is written for us. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When we do wrong, keep it short, keep it quick, go to the Lord, it's over. Let's not hide it. God sees. 
And also we have hope. We live with hope. Oh, God is changing me. The power that's in us and at work in us is to make us more like Jesus. We're changed from glory to glory. Holiness is a lifetime journey. That's sanctification. We're on a journey. We're not there yet. And then I was struck by this thought when I sin. So when I sin... Do I return to the kingdom of darkness again? Do I go there? No, I don't. Because I'm in the kingdom of light. If I sinned and then had to go to the kingdom of darkness, I'd be going like this many times in a day. But I've been taken out, which means that when I'm sinning, I'm doing it in the light. Jesus made us shining light so that whatever we do will be seen. So have you noticed in the news, just think about what's happened over the last year. Whenever a Christian, when the world knows this person's a Christian, in office or at leadership, wherever, whenever they sin, the media goes crazy because it's seen. Oh, you Christian, Jesus' name and his, and his reputation just goes down the tubes in the world because, yeah, you see, you guys are supposed to follow the Bible and look what they do, man. You Christians are not different to us. We don't choose to deliberately sin. That's my point. We do go to God quickly, finish it. There's grace, there's mercy, there's the blood of Jesus has covered and, you know, it's over. But we need to not choose the dark and disobedience acts that, fit, that do not fit our new identity in Christ. We need to walk in a way that pleases the Lord, remembering that, what, that we are light and that we can be seen and we can, sh and we can show others the path to the source of radiant light, truth, and eternal life. So as much as people see us do darkness, people can see us do right things, to live right, to live holy lives. So when we do right, people will also see. We live for Jesus. And thirdly, our light is invading. Last week, Ellis reminded us that of the Great Commission. We all go out as missionaries into the world, as light into the darkness, and we make disciples for Jesus. Paul is saying, be distinct as you walk as a child of light in darkness. Don't participate. Don't tolerate it. So I want to ask, do you, the people you associate in the areas of your life, all of them, do they know that you're Christian or do you keep it a secret? The next question is, are all your associates and friends only Christian? Jesus associated with those who were considered immoral, yet he did not sin. And sometimes Jesus even didn't even say anything, but the darkness around him started to scream and convulse, reacting to the presence of God's kingdom light. We'll read that story in Matthew 8, where the demons started screaming when he came by. He is light power, and he invaded the darkness, and it brought cleansing and healing to people trapped by sin and evil. And so we too are carrying authority in the light. 
Jesus taught us to separate from sin, but not from people. We are to go out with the good news, invading the darkness with our light, with truth. The church is meant to demonstrate the presence of kingdom light and us individually. We are called to witness the life that can be expected from God in eternity, now already. The idea is not to be obnoxious or holier than thou or prudish and judgmental. We can refuse to be involved in wrong practices and still care deeply about those we're talking to. We can speak truth with words and acts of love. So we call people from darkness and invite them into the light of Christ for cleansing and healing, but also for spiritual transformation from darkness to light. And in verse 14, this is the hymn I was talking about. Barclay thinks it was perhaps a baptism, sung at a baptism service where the person comes from the water and comes out. Oh, um, shall we sing it? No. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It could have been an Easter hymn. Regardless, it's a gospel invitation. Somebody may be sitting here today in our congregation right now thinking, gee, I'm in darkness. Don't know Jesus, just done my own thing all my life. I thought I was Christian. Being Christian isn't just being at church. It's a commitment. It's a transformation. It is a union with the beloved Savior. And so the invitation is to you today. It applies to everyone in history, but yours is personal. God offers you the gift of light and life. Through his victory over death and sin on the cross of Calvary, Jesus made a way for all in spiritual darkness to call on his name and experience transformation in his life-giving light and be saved. Isn't that, ooh, makes me want to say, all over again, Jesus. Or maybe you've just heard about this all before and each year you come to church, new time, first time, and yeah, I'll wait till next year. 2020, people, don't wait another year. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be having a time of prayer. Because although we've been focusing on our walk, Paul helps us and shows us some practical steps. But before we pray, I want us to rewind. Because of who we are and what we have in Christ, Paul teaches us to walk worthy of our calling, to walk in love, imitating Christ, to walk as children of light. And then he says, walk carefully, watch your steps. And so here are these practical steps. And it's just a chunk of scripture, which we are going to, if you'll just turn to that one, Sui, thank you so much. Now, here, that's hard. You can always turn to your own Bible or open up your app when we look at it. I'm going to be inviting the band to come up now because as I read this, you're going to see why. <laughs> look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise. The Bible says if any of you lack wisdom, ask for it. As we're going into 2020, let's ask for wisdom. 
making the best of time because the days are evil. What are we busy with? I'm busy. But am I busy doing what God wants me to do? If I'm doing stuff like 20 hours on my cell phone every day, I need to put it down and redeem the time with the Lord and do something for Him, with Him, because I love Him. And His life is my life, and mine is His. The days are evil, and in 2 Corinthians it says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the lights of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So our role is to take light to those who don't know. Visit someone. Talk to someone. In your workplace, rearrange how you work. Redeem some of the time for Christ. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand the will of the Lord. We need to hunger and thirst after what he says. What is your will, Lord? Read the word. Hear the spirit. Engage with God spiritually. He speaks to us, unbelievably so. If only we would listen. And do not get drunk on wine, for it leads to debauchery. You know, that's the trigger. The guys I work with, that they can tell you right now. They can give testimonies. It just triggers a whole lot of mess. Do not be drunk, but continually, ongoingly be filled with the Spirit because we want to be under the influence of God. We want to be guided by Him. We want to be led by Him, not ourselves and not our flesh. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. We have a peep into the ancient church. They sang for two reasons, to make melody to God and to remind each other of doctrinal truth. Let's keep going. Warfare, let's keep going. Love, let's keep going. Service, let's keep going. Fruit. And so while we pray, the band will do that part. They will sing and make beautiful music before the Lord and for us. Giving thanks always for everything to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't know what we're facing this year. 2020 sounds big. We don't know how long, how wide, how deep our journey is. But as a community, we're called to walk together, supporting one another. And we need to pray with thanksgiving because I know our God. He's kind. Who said that? Did you say he's kind? He's going to get us out of the mess. He's going to make all things good. So let's pray about those things highlighted. Let's pray about those stepping stones. Let's pray for wisdom. Let's pray with thanksgiving. Let's ask God. We can ask it for our church. We can ask it for our families, for ourselves. So I'd like us to break into turn your chairs um, to groups of about five, six If you are still wondering, pondering about the idea of being a Christian, I'd love to pray with you. Elders and others will make themselves available to pray with you and talk to you. But let's face and prepare for the big walk 2020 together in prayer. So we'll carry on. And if you would like specific prayer, Craig, Andrew, Bevan, and any of the elders, please, um, I was going to say help yourself. That doesn't sound right. But pray. Come forward. <laughs>